Well, how's everybody doing? I'm Brother Lewis Sinkle from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I'm so glad to be here. Half of you are my kin folks. I don't even know who you are, but uh, we're kin. To, I got I got cousins on and aunts and uncles on both sides of the house. So uh, it's always good to be with God's people wherever we are. You know what? We have as Christian people something to look forward to. We've got heaven to look forward to. Are you glad about that? You know what? And we can rejoice in it. We can praise God for it and uh, all that kind of good stuff. And I, I'm just going to do like I normally do at home, and, and uh, nobody knows how that is, and sometimes I don't even know. So uh, we're going to have a great time. But I am going to ask you to stand, if you would. Uh, you have some song sheets in your pew. You've got screens uh, and words, so I hope we can get it all in there, and hopefully we'll have it going on there, okay? I tell you what, I, I woke up this morning early, and I woke up with heaven on my mind. We're going to be singing about that. I'm feeling mighty fine. Give me just an F chord somewhere in there. Here we go. Sing it with me. Well,
Brother Michael, come welcome all these great folks. I just wish Brother Lewis had a little bit more energy. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to wear him out this week. Glad to have you. Great to have our guest with us today. Glad you're here. This is the first service of our revival uh, this week. Uh, Brother Micah Carter, Brother Lewis Hinkle, and uh, of course they are kin to several people and, and different, and maybe you haven't had a chance to meet them. Uh, Brother Micah's over in Magnolia, Arkansas, Brother Lewis in Pine Bluff, and we appreciate them coming this week. Uh, we extended the invitation here a while back to them, and so glad that they could come and help us. The way the services will go, uh, of course, uh, just basically we followed our regular schedule today, and then tonight it'll we won't have Bible study at 5. It'll just be worship at 6 with uh, church-wide fellowship afterwards, and then uh, 7 o'clock Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. Some of the classes will be feeding, and most all of them have have uh, checked in and got know what kind of their game plan and what have you, so... We've got all that going on. Spring break, there may be a few that haven't got back from spring break. We had a a good time. I challenged my discipleship group to witness to someone. Uh, matter of fact, I was standing in McDonald's outside of Pine Bluff. We were coming back from a Christian concert, and, uh, and I was witnessing to this fellow. He had just got off the work. He was the emergency room physician at uh, Jefferson Regional Memorial, Dr. Bell, and uh, emergency, and I was talking to him about the Lord and his relationship with that, about the Lord, and uh, so I hope and pray that you, every chance you get, that uh, you take time, take an opportunity, it may just be, like I say, buy, he was buying a cup of coffee at McDonald's, and there was a long line in front of us, and I said, I've got a chance, and so I took advantage of that opportunity. And didn't, I knew he worked at the hospital to tell by the scrubs he had on. And uh, I didn't know he was a doctor. And uh, But we had a great conversation, uh, extremely nice guy. And he was headed, he had got off work at midnight. That's when his shift was over. And he was headed back home. He said, I've got a uh, Mrs. Bell and a little uh, Pomeranian waiting on me. And uh, so that's where he was headed. And he said, but I need a cup of coffee as an hour drive to his house. And uh, and so we had a chance there. So take an opportunity, invite someone to church. Real quick, uh, a couple more things. Just uh, uh, we won't uh, we won't have a children's church, so no pastor pals this morning. Everybody's for revivals for everybody. Uh, I've got some. You say, well, I'm really not suited to talking to people. I've got the ticket for you. I've got some Easter invite cards. I'm challenging you. Everybody go by, pick you up a half a dozen or a dozen or whatever. They're back there on the corner table plus on the foyer table. I got uh, about 500 of them back there. So get you some. Invite somebody to our Easter services. And, and find somebody that doesn't have a church home. They're not plugged into a church somewhere. Find somebody you don't know, Jade's parking lot, post office, Walmart, wherever, anywhere in Ashley County, they're a fair game, okay? Get after it and uh, invite somebody to our next, next Sunday, our Easter services. I'd love to see about 350 squeezed in here and the choir wouldn't be able to come down. 
And uh, so that would be a great problem. But it's up to you whether you invite somebody or not. Uh, have somebody in your mind uh, that you would like to invite. So pick up some Easter. Inv- they're purple back there. And basically, real simple, time of the services and our church website. All the information they need to know is on our church website. And uh, also, we'll be having two offerings this morning. This is fifth Sunday, so the ushers will go around twice. The second one is our building fund offering. And uh, we're trying to knock out several things. And uh, so, hope and pray you'll be able to, to help us on that plan ahead. And uh, so if you haven't had a chance uh, to in, say hi to somebody, now's the time. I want to ask everybody to stand up at this time. Go around and shake somebody's hand.
appreciate so much uh, your prayers for our evangelist and our song leader. And remember them in prayer. If you have an unspoken, let me know by lifting of your hands. And thank you for just saying, hey, uh, I've got something on my heart. And uh, remember this. Your glory this morning. So, uh, glory, glory, hallelujah. We're singing glory, glory.
in this room, God, this morning, open our hearts and minds to the message that's going to be shared, God, to the worship that's being sung, God, just let it move these people, God, uh, thank you for this wonderful congregation that you've blessed us with, God, I thank you so much for all that you do, and especially for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins, in your holy and precious name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Caleb, so much for leading us in that beautiful chorus. One of these days we'll stand before our King and we'll be able to proclaim, Oh, what a Savior! Oh, what a Savior! Once I was straying in sin's dark valley no hope within could I see. Then came this Jesus, my blessed Savior, to save a poor soul like me.
Jesus comes, it's going to be a wonderful time, but there's a lot of people that uh, won't be able to say that. But you know, uh, this, this today, the day that we're living in right now, could be the actual day. That's what this song is going to encourage us with. The scripture says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with our Lord.
days of desperation when it's so hard to live right turn away from all temptation you must fight against the night brother sister time is short now we need to serve in love and live by faith for the things of earth are passing this could be the day this could be the day that our lord returns in glory this could be the day that he calls his children home so be faithful in service as you watch and pray for this oh this this could be the day this could be the day we must live our lives for in the wink of an eye he will come he'll come for his bride this could be the day that the lord returns in glory this could be the day that he calls his children home so be faithful in service as you watch and pray for this oh this this could be the day this oh this this could be the day this could be the That's my uncle. We're kin to each other. Amen. No matter where I am in the world, it's always good to come back to a place you're familiar with. Familiar faces and family. And also, no matter where I am in the world, if people find out I have family ties to Ashley County, they want to know who I'm kin to. So I start naming. They don't know. They don't know. It happened just this week. I was west of Fort Worth, Texas at a church Wednesday night. Never been to in my life, didn't know, but two people in the whole building. A lady comes up to me afterward, don't ask me your name because I don't remember it either, but she says, you're from, you've got family in Ashley County. Yes, ma'am. Who do you, you know, no, I don't know them. I said, well, do you know Bull Wells? <laughs> well, Lord, I've known him my whole life. Yeah, I know. Bu- oh, hey, they're everywhere in the world, you know Bull Wells, you know, but it's always good to come back to a place where, uh, where you're familiar and, uh, and people love to hear the preaching of God's word. And so uh, I ask you to find your place this morning in the book of Second Samuel. We're going to look at chapter 19 and chapter 20. 
Second Samuel this morning, I want to speak to you about when the king comes back. I wonder today, we've been singing a lot about heaven. We've been singing a lot about leaving this earth. You put it however you want to. We've been speaking a lot about dying this morning. And uh, we've been talking about heaven and Jesus and Jesus coming again and how this could be the day. And I just wonder this morning if you really understand that this actually could be the day. This really could be the day that the Lord Jesus returns. This could be the day that uh, prophecy is fulfilled. You know, as far as a timeline of events, that's what we're waiting on as God's people. We're waiting on the coming of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And this could be that very day. You say, well, I don't know. It's been a couple thousand years since he left and he hadn't done it yet. I want you to understand something this morning. I got a lot to say in a short time to say it in, so listen quickly and understand this. If you don't get anything else, just because you don't believe Jesus is coming again will not keep him from coming again. You can argue all day long. You may not understand it. You may not believe it. You may not agree with it. You may not like it. You may not be ready for it, but that doesn't mean Jesus couldn't come back today. You say, well, I don't know. Well, you keep on not knowing. I'm going to tell you what you need to know, okay? Jesus is coming again. I'll tell you how I know that. Before we get to our text reading, Jesus himself said to his disciples in John chapter 14 and verse number 1, Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. Listen to what Jesus told his disciples. Comforting words to believers. He said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will do what? I'm going to come again. You know what Jesus was saying there? Just as sure as you're fixing to see me leave, you will just as assuredly see me come again. And I'm going to receive you. You who? You believers. Not those who understand it fully in detail or who can explain it logically to everyone in the world. But for you who just believe in what I'm telling you, I'll receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. You can argue with me about what I say. I just want to tell you, you shouldn't argue with Jesus, okay? That's what Jesus said. The Bible also tells us in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 10, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken from you into heaven, shall so likewise, uh, in, so in like manner, as you have seen him go. He's going to come again in like manner, as you've seen him go. Listen to the words of Jesus again in the book of the Revelation. As Jesus finalizes this book, he which testifieth these things saith, what? Jesus said, surely I come quickly. Now listen, that's Jesus, y'all. Jesus said, I'm leaving, but be sure that I'm coming again. And I pray that you'd be like John this morning. After Jesus said, I come quickly, John immediately said, even so come, Lord Jesus. You know, when we sing about heaven, if you can't tell, I get happy. I'm fine with it. I'm 30 years old and I'm okay with going to heaven. You know, I'm all right. I mean, I want to, like everybody else, to see my children grow and grow old, my wife and all those other wonderful things. But in all honesty, if I die, they need to know that Jesus is who I'm going to spend eternity with. And if Jesus comes back, I'm okay with that. And I wonder this morning, are you okay with that? I wonder this morning, do you know that the king is coming again and he's going to find us one of a few ways when he gets back? 
We find a good example of what I'm talking about this morning in the Old Testament, the book of 2 Samuel. David had four sons. Everybody say David had four sons. All right, now you're awake. All right. His sons were named Amnon, Absalom, Adonai, and Solomon. Everybody, never mind, I won't make you say that. He had four sons. He was the king. He was a mighty king. Well, his second to oldest son, Absalom, killed his oldest son, Amnon. Well, what happened was, David, of course, he got mad about that, as understandable as it is. You know, he, he was upset with his second to oldest, Absalom, and he told him, he said, you're banished, you're, you're banned from Jerusalem, you can't come into the city anymore. I'm the king, I get to call the shots, and you don't get to come into the city of Jerusalem. Well, now a couple of years have gone by, and David allows Absalom to come back into the city. He invites his second oldest son in. Well, if you remember very quickly, we said Solomon was the youngest son. Well, as Absalom comes back into the city and David brings him back in and they're speaking one day and, and David tells his son, he says, well, actually you're, you're still not going to be the king after I get off the throne. As a matter of fact, God has told me that Solomon, the youngest brother, is going to be the next king. So you can imagine how Absalom must have felt. He killed his older brother so that he could serve, and then he went away, and now he feels like, you know, Dad's forgiven me, he's invited me back, and so if he's forgiven me, surely he'll let me be the king after he gets off the throne. But the problem was is that God didn't want Absalom to sit on the throne as king. And so, so David had this, he had this dilemma, okay? Well, it got even worse because after Absalom found out his baby brother was going to be the next king, he really got mad then. And he rose up in a revolt and he gathered all the men and he started out against his father to kill his own father. You know, nobody wants to fight with their son. And so David, being more mature, being the king, not wanting to have to kill his own son Absalom, he flees from Jerusalem. Well, we'll just go out and we'll travel away and we'll get out into the wilderness and we'll just set up camp there and and we'll let things cool off and then we'll come back. Well, as they go out and they set up camp outside in the wilderness out of Jerusalem, the Bible tells us that Absalom started to raise up his army and eventually he comes and he wars against his own father. And so David, not wanting to harm his son, but knowing that he had to to defend his life, he sends out his men and he says, go and fight with the men of Absalom. And so the Bible tells us that the two, David's camp and Absalom's camp, they're fighting against each other. Now remember, the king has left the city. And he's out there in the wilderness and the two wars are going, or the wars going on between the two camps. And one day the camp of David was winning over the camp of Absalom. And so Absalom, the Bible tells us, he jumped on a mule and he took off. Well, if you remember... That old sermon that goes around, everybody talks about, God hung a hippie and the mule walked on, you know. Absalom had long hair, the Bible says. Here's the problem, fellas, with long hair, you get caught in a tree. You know, that old mule went underneath that tree limb, and I'm telling you a biblical story, and I'm not making this up. Read it for yourself. Absalom's hanging in the tree. Mule leaves him. He's just hanging there by his hair. Well, Joab, one of David's uh, generals, he comes by and he sees him there. They come tell him and Joab says, well, David said, don't kill him. Joab said, yeah, go kill him. So they kill Absalom. Well, now the king comes back. And I'm not saying this is some picture or type of Jesus coming back, but I want you to just see this morning in about four or five different men that there is a whole lot of similarity when King David came back 
as to when King Jesus comes back. I want you to know this morning that just like Jerusalem had a king and his name was David, you and I have a king and his name is Jesus. And sure, he has left for a little while, but he most certainly will come again. And the thing about it is, is that when our king comes, he's going to find us one of a few ways. We're going to jump around a little bit. Second Samuel 19, if you'll follow along, verse 15 says, So the king returned and came to Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king, to conduct the king over Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjaminite, which was of Baharim, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And there was a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and men in uh, Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him, and they went over Jordan before the king. Now I want you to go down to verse number 24. And Mephibosheth, we're still talking about people coming. The king is meeting all these people. He's met Ziba. And Mephibosheth, in verse 24, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king and had neither dressed his feet or trimmed his beard nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came again in peace. Same chapter, verse 31. Barzillai, the Gileadite, came down from Rogalim and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. Now Barzillai was a very aged man, even fourscore years old. And he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at Mahanim, for he was a very great man. Chapter 20, verse 1. There happened to be there a man of Belial, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse, Every man to his tents, O Israel. Let's pray. Father, we just ask you to guide us through the study of your word this morning. Help us to understand today. Lord, to understand, maybe not logically, but at least by faith today, that you are going to send your son Jesus to return to this earth. And Lord, he first will call those home who know him as Savior. And secondly, he will set foot on this earth and rule and reign in all peace for a thousand years. Lord, we thank you for the grace and the mercy that you offer to us today. And we just ask you, Lord, to help us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to understand what we read and apply it to our life. Father, help us to be ready for when the King comes back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I found this passage of Scripture very interesting, as I said, because when David returned to his people, he found some men doing various things, living their life, in various ways. And although it may not be an exact type or picture, there's a lot of similarities there because King Jesus, when He returns, He also will find us in probably one of these various ways that we see in our text reading this morning. As a matter of fact, I want to share with you, first of all, that when the King comes back, some will be worried. There are going to be some who are worried. You see, when we talk about Jesus coming back, that doesn't worry me. When we talk about dying, it doesn't worry me. Now, maybe how I die may be a little bit worried about that, but I'm not worried about leaving this life. I know to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I know that He's going to prepare a place for me. I know that when He gets ready, I'll go home to occupy the place that He has provided. So when we talk about the King coming again, it doesn't worry me. And I know what you're thinking. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, it doesn't worry you because you're a preacher. No, let me get this straight with you 
this morning, it doesn't worry me because at seven years old, I trusted Jesus as my Savior. It has nothing to do with being a preacher, a preacher's kid, a preacher's grandkid, or any of those things. What it has to do with is that my faith for eternal life is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And that's where you ought to be this morning. You say, well, when we talk about all this Jesus coming back stuff, boy, it kind of worries me. I would liken you to the man in the story by the name of Ziba. Ziba was worried when King David came back. When the king came back, Ziba, he was all upset and worried. And you know why? I want you to back up to chapter 16, and I'll tell you why. Verse number 1. When David was a little past the top of the hill, this is when David left out of Jerusalem. He was a little past the top of the hill. Behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of asses saddled, upon them two hundred loaves of bread, a hundred bunch of raisins, a hundred of summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. And the king said unto Ziba, What meanest thou by these? And Ziba said, The asses be for the king's household to ride on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat. And the wine that such as be faint in the wilderness may drink. And the king said, listen, and where is thy master's son? Speaking of Mephibosheth. And Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, said unto the king, Behold, he abideth at Jerusalem. For he said, Today shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. Then said the king to Ziba, Behold, thine are all that uh, pertained unto Mephibosheth. And Ziba said, I humbly beseech thee that I may find grace in thy sight, my lord, O king. You see, a little backstory very briefly is that this young man by the name of Mephibosheth was a crippled little boy that King David had taken in. By his grace and mercy, he spared the life of Mephibosheth, who was the son of grandson of Saul, who was an enemy of David. In other words, uh, David as the king, he could have killed Mephibosheth because he came from a, a family who they, they battled with each other. But yet, instead of killing him, David took in this crippled boy by the name of Mephibosheth, and he gave him a servant by the name of Ziba. Now stay with me. It'll all make sense, hopefully, in a minute. As David is leaving Israel, he's leaving Jerusalem out into the wilderness. Ziba comes up to him. He says, oh, king, don't leave yet. Man, I've got all these gifts I want to give you. And so King David says, well, now what's all this for? And he, oh, you know, I just wanted to kind of be nice to you. I wanted to bring you some things before you left and help you out. And David says, well, where's my son? You know, he had adopted this young crippled boy. Well, where's my son? Where's Mephibosheth? And Ziba said, oh, king. That Mephibosheth, man, he, he, he stayed home because he, he feels like when you get killed in war that he'll be able to take over the kingdom. Well, you know the problem with that story? That was a lie. We find in 2 Samuel chapter 9, we won't go there for time's sake, but we find there where Ziba told Mephibosheth, I'm going to go saddle everything up and get ready, and then me and you will go find King David. Well, what he did was he left the crippled boy in the house, and he saddled up, and he went and found David, and he lied on Mephibosheth. And so the king left thinking that Mephibosheth wanted to take over the kingdom, and so you can see why Ziba maybe would be worried when the king came back. You know why? He would be worried because when the king came back, he would find out the fact that the whole time he was gone, Ziba had been living a complete lie. And you know there's going to be a lot of church members ought to be worried about the coming of Jesus Christ one day because our life is nothing more than a lie. 
We got it all going on on the outside, don't we? We're singing, we're teaching, we're preaching, we're praying. We go to church, we do this, we do that. And we tell everybody how much we love Jesus. We tell the King, oh, we love you. We brought these gifts for you. We're doing this, we're doing that. But the fact of the matter is, is that when King Jesus comes back, He's going to confront every Christian, supposed Christian, who's been living a life of nothing more than a lie. Zeba had all this service But it was all a lie. You say, well, I'm a church member. That doesn't get you to heaven. You say, well, I'm Baptist. You better be saved before you get Baptist. Now listen, like the man said, I believe everybody that's saved ought to be Baptist. But if you want to get saved, that's a whole different thing. I mean, really. When the king comes back, there's going to be some people who are worried because their whole life has been a lie. You see, our walk, our lifestyle, it ought to match our talk. We ought not be like Zeba, just giving lip service and gifts to the king. We ought to give him our heart and our soul and our life and all that we are because the king is coming. And the Bible says that we will give an account for everything we've done in our life. I want you to know today that Jesus, our King, He bought us, He forgave us, and He saved us so that we wouldn't have to be worried about Him coming back again. We ought to be longing for the day that Jesus comes back. Listen, the return of Jesus, it ought to not scare you. It ought to encourage you. It ought to, it ought to lift you up. You ought to be ready for the King to come back. Zeba wasn't. He didn't want David to come back. Uh Uh-oh, when he gets back, man, I thought he was going to get killed out there in the wilderness. My goodness, he lived and now he's back and he's going to find out that I lied to him about Mephibosheth. Listen, that's how you might be about Jesus coming back this morning. Oh boy, if he come back today, whoo. Man, I don't know if I want to answer for all this. If I, you know, listen, I want you to know something today. Jesus died and he gave you salvation so you didn't have to live in a worried life. You ought not be worried about the king coming back. You ought to be more like our second man, Mephibosheth. You ought to be waiting for the king to come back. See, some are going to be worried about Jesus coming. But then there are going to be some who are waiting. And isn't this a beautiful picture? This crippled boy here that we read about in 2 Samuel 19 and 24, the son of Saul, an enemy of David, he came down to meet the king because the king had adopted him into his family and he had brought him in. And listen to what it says. He had neither dressed his feet or trimmed his beard or washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came again in peace. Listen, that might seem silly to you. It might seem disgusting to you. But here's the bottom line. He went into mourning because he loved the king so much. He loved King David so much, I mean with all of his heart, that when King David left, he completely forgot about himself. And he sat there and he mourned because all he wanted was for King David to come again. I don't care what I've got. It doesn't matter that I'm living in the king's palace, eating at the king's table. All I want is to see King David. That's all I want. And I want you to know today, if you're a true child of God, you'll have a desire in your heart to do nothing. Nothing other than to see King Jesus come again. You'll be waiting for the coming of Jesus, anxiously anticipating that eastern sky to split. You see, since David had left, he had put himself on the back burner. Mephibosheth gives us a great example in Second Samuel throughout his story of someone who loves the king more than himself. Maybe that's our problem today. Maybe that's why you're not ready for the king to come back because... 
You love yourself more than you love the king. But listen, all he wanted was the king to come home. You know why? Again, time's sake, we won't go there, but I encourage you, make a note. Read 2 Samuel chapter 9, the story of Mephibosheth. The Bible says there was a, I mean, David took the throne and this was the custom. When the new king came on the throne, they went and they killed everybody in the family of the previous king. All the family, all the servants, all the supporters, they just killed them all, wiped them out. They didn't want them to rise up and revolt. So that happened. They killed everybody except for one little boy. His name was Mephibosheth. The Bible says when the people came to kill, the nurse took him up and she took off running with him. And whatever happened, he fell. And from that day on, he was crippled. He couldn't walk. He couldn't defend himself. And so he went in hiding. And one day there was a knock on the door. And there stood David's men. Oh, his whole life he had been hiding. He had done a good job. He would stayed alive. And one day David's men finally found him. David said, is there any left? Is there any left? And they said, oh, there's one. His name is Mephibosheth. He said, well, go get him. But you know what David said? He didn't say, go get him and kill him. Listen to me. He had every right to. He was the king. But instead he said, go get him and bring him to my house. And I want everybody here to understand that Mephibosheth, when he gets here, he's going to be one of the king's sons. And he's going to eat at my table. And he's never going to go without again. Because I made a promise to Jonathan. I'm going to keep my word. And I'm going to protect him. And I'm going to provide for him. And I'm going to bless him. And he's going to live just like one of my sons. Listen, that's what Jesus did for you if you don't get that. That's what Jesus did for you and me when we were crippled by our sins and we were an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ and we were at enmity with God. The Bible says in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you understand that? While we were out here hiding from God, an enemy of God, He sent forth, the Bible says, His only begotten Son... He made Him flesh. He dwelt among us. He died on a cross. All so that you and I, as enemies of God, crippled by our sins, no ability to save ourselves. All because of that. Because so that we could come to Him and be in His family and live as His children and one day sit around His table. You see, Mephibosheth, he was waiting on the king. I want him to come back. Please come back. That's how some will be, and I'll tell you who it'll be. It'll be the true children of God. That's how you'll be about Jesus coming back. And then there was a third one, too. We find him in verse number 31. 31, Barzillai, the Gileadite, came down from Rogalim. Who's this Barzillai guy? Well, the Bible tells us in verse 32, he was a very aged man. See, I didn't call him old. The Bible says... He was very aged. He was four score, 80. Don't get mad at me if you're around there. The Bible said it was well aged. Alright? I didn't call anybody old. The Bible did. Don't get mad at me. The Bible says this man named Barzillai was four score. He was 80 years old. He was a very aged man. But I want you to know what he was doing. You see, when king, the king comes back, some will be worried. Some will be waiting. But some will be working. Barzillai, he never quit working for the king. 
He was 80 years old, and the Bible says even fourscore years old, and he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at my name, uh, for he was a very great man. Listen, you can read before, you can read after. Every time you find Barzillai, you find somebody that was working for the king. You find somebody who never quit working for the king. He was working when the king left. He was working for him while he was gone. He was working for him when he came back. He never quit. I want you to know something this morning. Barzilli, I never adopted the mindset that many adopt today that I've done my time. I've done my duty. I've served my years. I'm going to retire from the work of the Lord. Listen to me this morning. Please, please listen. I know you're thinking, well, you're young and when you get there... But I hope and I pray that if I retire on Jesus one day, somebody will set me straight and help me understand that when God gets ready for me to quit on Him, He'll call me to glory. Until then, there's something to do. You say, I can't do what I used to do. That's fine. It's understandable. I know that. But there's always something to be done for the king. There's always some prayer warriors that are needed. There's always an encouraging word that doesn't take a whole lot. And when Jesus gets ready for us to be done serving Him, He'll just call us home. But there's no need to retire on Jesus. You see, Barzillai, he just wanted to do something for the king. He just wanted to show him some type of service. He wanted to serve him in some way. He hadn't retired. He hadn't slacked up. But friend, there's some today that have just altogether quit on the king. I mean, they've just altogether quit. And I want to encourage you this morning with this word. The king is coming back. And you and I, if we've slacked up and we've retired and we've done our duty and served our time and whatever, however you want to put it. And you know what revival's all about. It's about getting stirred up for Jesus again. It's about going back to doing those things that you used to do that now you've quit doing them. And I, I don't know any other thing that will encourage you to get back to work for the Lord, other than letting you know that the king's coming back and he ought to be able to find us working for him. That's where Barzillai was. You see, James put it like this. He said, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. James said, faith without works is dead. You can talk about all you've done for the king, but if people don't see you serving him, they're not going to believe you. And listen, Barzillai was an old-aged man, but the fact is he never quit working for the king. And then the saddest one of all. Chapter 20, verse 1, we see that when the king comes back, some will be without. <laughs> there was a man there. The Bible says a man of Belial, his name was Sheba. <clears throat> he blew a trumpet. And he said, we have no part in David. You see, this man of Belial, that, that term there means a man of rebellion. And when the King David came back, this man, I mean, he was just an all-out open rebellion against the king. He blew that trumpet and he said, we've got nothing to do with the king. We've got no inheritance of the son of Jesse. We, we, we have nothing to do. I don't care if he's the king. Listen, I don't have anything for him. And you know what's so sad is that when King Jesus comes back, there'll be some like that. They won't stay like that. The Bible says at some point, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. Friend, I want you to know today that you, you don't want to be without when the King comes back. You want to be within. You want to be waiting on Him 
working for Him. You don't want to be without worried about Him. This man of Belial, this man of rebellion, he pictures all the enemies of God. You say, well, I'm not an enemy of God. Well, the Bible says this morning, if you're not within Jesus Christ, you are, in fact, an enemy of God. That all of us here today, you say, well, what a judgmental thing for you to say. No, 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 no. Myself included. Before knowing Jesus Christ, you see, without Jesus, I'm nothing but an enemy of God. I am at enmity with Him. I am an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus as my Savior, I am a man of rebellion. That's all I can be. I have a sin nature, and that's what I'm born with. And without the Spirit of God in me, I can do no good thing. There is none righteous. No, not one. None that seeketh after God. We are all people of rebellion. We've gone our own way. We are a sheep without a shepherd. You need to know today that the king is coming back. When the king comes back, you don't want him to find you blowing that trumpet, saying, I don't have anything to do with the king. You don't want that today. I promise you, you don't want that. What you want is you want him to say, come on in. You want him to call you home. You want to meet him in the sky. That's what you want. You say, yeah, I do want that. Well, today, as you've heard in song and in encouraging messages all before this message even started, just like today could be the day Jesus came back, today could be the day that you accept Jesus as your Savior. Today could be the day you have a revival, save people. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, if you're lost today, the Bible says, if you believe in Jesus Christ with all of your heart, and you confess to Him that with your mouth then you can be saved. You will be saved. The Bible tells us to save people that we can repent of our sins. And if we confess our sins to Him, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's how we get saved. That's how we have revival, save people. But the first step in all that, I believe, if this doesn't get you there, I don't know what else will. The King is coming back. And we need to be ready. I want to ask you to bow your head this morning. And I wonder this morning, when the king comes back, how's he going to find you? Is he going to find you living a lie? When I think about Zeba and living a lie, my mind can't help but to go straight to Matthew chapter 7. Where they stood before Jesus, giving an account... Jesus said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Haven't we prophesied in your name? And haven't we cast out devils in your name? Haven't we done all these? Wasn't I, you know what I hear when I read that? Wasn't I a church member? Didn't I get baptized? Didn't I take the Lord's Supper? Didn't I, didn't I teach Sunday school class? Didn't I pastor a church? Wasn't I a deacon? Wasn't I a servant? Or wasn't I there all the time? Didn't I unlock the door? And, and, and didn't, didn't I turn on the lights and turn them off? Wasn't I the first one there, first one to leave? And Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. Those words don't scare me at all. Because I know that Jesus knows my name. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's got everything to do with Him. 
My friend today, just like it didn't have anything to do with me, it's got nothing to do with you, but you can call on Him and He will do the saving work for you. So that when you stand before Him and when He comes again, He can find you working and waiting, not worried and without. Listen, revival's up to you. It's not up to me. Man, I want to see you have a revival. I want to see people saved. I want to see people get right. I want to see people repent of sin. I want to see people do right and get right for the King to come back. But listen, it's not up to me. You can't make that decision for me and I can't make it for you and we all know that. So what I ask you to do this morning is one very simple thing. I just ask you to do what the Spirit of God is leading you to do. He's leading you to be saved. I ask you to be saved this morning. He's leading you to come ask questions to Brother Michael or me or somebody here. You know, He wants you to ask questions to find out more answers about to do what you need to do. I want to encourage you to do that. He's leading you today to come and bow on your knees in this altar and pray before Him. I encourage you to do that. Repent of sins. Join this church family. Whatever it is. I just ask you to do this one thing. I just ask you to do what God is leading you to do today. Not He's leading anyone else, but what He's leading you to do. Father in heaven, we ask you to bless this time of response. Help us to respond freely and openly and help us to respond well for your glory. Father, it's in Jesus' name we leave you with this. Amen. Would you stand? Now reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. You will find He's not too busy just to hear your hearts cry. He's passing by this very moment. Your needs He'll supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes